So if you're a grandparent, stand up. Young people, let's give grandparents a big applause. All right, you may be seated. Oh, isn't it a blast? Isn't it just such a blessing to be a grandparent? You know, sometimes as that time approaches in your life, it's like, no, I'm not ready to be that age. I don't want to be considered a grandparent. I'm not that old. And then that first one comes and it's like, I'm good with this. John Gooch, after Elizabeth was born, he said, Patrick, when it happens, you're going to love it. And John, you were absolutely right. It is an honor to be a grandparent. And a grandparent can fill a unique role in the life of their grandchildren, especially as they are able to come alongside their children and partner with them in a unique way to help them along in their journey of life. And more specifically, the journey of faith. While life is important, without faith, We've missed the mark completely. Last week, we started our new sermon series, Core Values. And we say we have five core values that help us fulfill our mission as a church family of being disciples who love and live like Jesus. And Matt... Uh, has talked a little bit about that, and Mike last week talked about that core value one. How can we in our lives where there's so much to do and so much going on, really put ourselves in the best position to grow in the fear and the admonition of the Lord? And I want to merge the grandparents theme with the core values too, but last week core value one was to celebrate at our Sunday morning worship service. I've said throughout uh, the last series that we are in a society and a culture, even within the church to a large degree, where the value placed on the Sunday morning gathering is decreasing. It is decreasing and the only thing that can be done to change that really is grandparents and parents taking a strong, loving, humbly, bold, leadership role in their children and grandchildren's lives. Someone says, but the scriptures say that every day is like the other. That's true. Every day we worship the Lord. Every day we can worship the Lord by ourselves. But there is also in scripture that unique teaching that was discussed last week that on the first day of the week, bread was broke. The Lord's Supper was taken to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're reminded 
again and again in Scripture that the people of God are not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And we all know that there's times in our lives that uh, we quit gathering together and there's all kinds of reasons for that. I'm here to tell you, there's never, ever a good reason for that. And so, while I focus on you grandparents today, and as we merge together this part two of core values, how do we fulfill our mission statement of being disciples who love and live like Jesus, which is nothing more than a reflection of Jesus' command, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I ask you grandparents the question, Are you so involved in your grandchildren's lives that they're learning something about faith from you? Because in core values too, it is connect with a small group. Someone says, how does that have anything to do with raising grandchildren in the faith? Well, it really does have a lot to do. There's many people in this church family that's a part of a small group that meets weekly, bi-weekly, or some even monthly. We push small groups for one reason. Because Jesus was about small groups. Jesus was about gatherings. Some of them small, but some of them large. The Sermon on the Mount. People covered the hillside, the upper room, Jesus with his disciples. Whether it was Jesus one-on-one with a woman at the well, we see group gatherings and settings from large to small, but we see the value of the small gathering because Jesus himself says, wherever two or three people gather in my name, There I am also. So in one sense, hopefully you as grandparents of the faith are connecting in a small group and your children or your grandchildren get to see the value you place on the words and teaching of Jesus where two or three people are gathered in my name, there I am also. But you know, think about it. Gathering in the name of Jesus is critical for it to be a faithful, spiritual coming together. Every Wednesday morning, 6.30 a.m., I have breakfast in Caledonia with Jack Myers and John Barnes. I have been doing it for years. That's a small group gathering. More faith, more scripture, more insight, more thought is shared in that little group of three than in many of the experiences I've had in my own life. But the main thing that I want to say to grandparents 
is your grandchildren need to see your example that what Jesus was about and what Jesus was doing is not just important to you in conversation, but it's important to you in your life. You are living it out. We are not intended to go through life on our own. God has designed us to be with people. That's why we we gather here. There's a lot of diversity here this morning. But we gather here united in mind and spirit because we stand on the foundation and we are in agreement that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior and He's worthy of our celebration. He's worthy of our honor. And so we want to be in group settings so that we can hear the message, that we can hear the prayer, that we can take communion. And that's why it's so critical. Someone thinks they don't need that. You're missing out on the growth and the maturity that God wants for you. And that's just a fact. I remember when I first became a Christian, I was at this little church in Blue Springs, Missouri, Little Church of Christ. And uh, I mean, I was like really new. I had uh, grown up in the church, but I was at a point in my life that uh, I was just being drawn to the Lord and uh, seeking the Father, but it was all uncomfortable. And in this little church, every time you walked in, people wanted to hug you. And you know, it's a really weird thing to be hugged by people you don't know. You know, it's like, okay, okay, you know, you know, give me my distance. It's good to see you. Good morning. But uh, I was thinking the other day, I heard a knock on our door and we hopped up and there was Damien, Peggy, Matheny, our world travelers, or at least within the United States, doing the solar ministry. And they've been gone, I think, for about a year. But here they were, knocking on their door. And it's like, man, it's so good to see you guys and, and hug. And you know what it's like whenever you, you're reconnected with someone of the faith that you know where they stand and they're out serving the Lord and they're soul journeying and, and you're together with them. It's like we gather here, we, we come to know each other. And it's good to have a hug. To have a handshake is okay, but it's not as good as a hug. Jonathan Crandall. I get a hug from Jonathan every Sunday. Jonathan is a a hugger, and it's like, I love you. And Jack Meyer standing at the door when you walk in, and he gives you a hug or a handshake and, and gives you a bulletin. That really is the family of God. But grandparents... Are you involved in your grandchildren's lives, if, if you can be, to help your children where they might need help, and you've got to be gentle about it? Are you involved in their lives to make sure they're developing in faith? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul 
writing to Timothy, who he viewed Timothy as a spiritual son, loved Timothy so much, says a verse that we always use on Grandparents' Day, I am reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now, we know that any of us has to come to the Lord on our own without anybody else. It's a, I believe Jesus, just like Kaylee did this morning. She's raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord by parents and, and godly grandparents. And then at some point, God moves on her heart and she's ready to confess the Lord. But we see here... Timothy's mother and grandmother really did play a big role in the faith life of Timothy. You know, with my three grandsons, now the one's only six months old, a little bit older than that, so he's a little bit too young. But uh, I build, like, downstairs in their basement. and we, I mean, we tear it up, and Ashley's always like, Dad, you're messing the place up. But it's like, you can clean it up, Ashley. You know, that's what grandparents do. You know, you play with your kids. I build like little pulpits and, and they get up there and they get to preaching and I'll tell them, what do they preach? You know, tell us how you love God and they'll tell us how you love God. Tell me about the Bible. And, and then sometimes they get jealous of each other and they start elbowing each other out of the pulpit and we got to talk about unity. So let's talk about unity and love and stuff like that. But, uh, when we have them and it's like time for baths, let's talk about baptism and, hey, we could practice that. One of these days you're going to want to do this on your own. Let's practice a baptism or, or let's practice and pretend to do the Lord's Supper. You've got to do all those things. Let's buy books, books that they can read. And let's read with them the simple stories of the Bible. Read, read, read the stories of the Bible to your grandchildren. The other day, Ashley sent us a, a message. She said, you're not going to believe what the three-year-old just did. I said, what's that, Ash? And he, she said, well, we asked him the question, where is Jesus? And his answer was, he's by the water. And they said, no, no, Jesus is, is in your heart. And he said, no, he's by the water. And he walked over to the bookshelf and grabbed his Bible, opened it up, the picture of Jesus by the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is by the water. Now, this kid is something else. But I mean, you know, when you he, when you're talking to him on the phone, where you are? And that's like, where are you? No, where you are? No, it's where are you? But anyway, those are some of the most important things that you can do. Ashley has a small group that meets in her home. And the kids are a part of that small group. Nothing harder than doing a small group, being miring, right? With 10 or 12 kids. Downstairs, you know, Amanda, it's hard. And you think, you know, we're not getting anything out of it. Your kids are. Your kids are getting something out of it. They may be loud and they may disrupt and, and they may not allow you to maybe get a complete thought out sometimes. But in that small group setting, those kids are learning something that my mom and dad 
have people over in our house. We open up our house. We show hospitality. They do more than eat. They talk about the Lord. They sing. They read scripture. They're happy. They love each other. They hug. And as the years go by, that is impressed more and more and more on those children, grandchildren. The fact is, the only way the generation that is coming up now is going to see the value of the Lord's church is by the example of moms and dads and grandparents who love the Lord. There's a grandmother in here right now, which I will not say her name, that is fiercely protective of her grandchildren and what they hear and what they see and what they learn because of everything the world is doing and saying and offering. When is the last time you read a Bible story to your child? When is the last time that you prayed with them? When is the last time that you just went outside and talked about who made the grass and the blue skies? When is the last time that you played baptism? Played let's take communion? When is the last time? That's the things you need to be doing. Is there anything more important to the mature in faith? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm serious. Is there anything more important to those that are mature in their faith that love God fiercely than the salvation of the ones they love in their family? Is there anything more important to you than your faith? Is your faith your anchor? Is it your hope? Is it your life? Is it your everything? Because it is for those that love the Lord and are mature. We realize that there is nothing that compares to the love of the Lord. That's why Jesus says, if you want to take all of commandments that are in the Old Testament, you need to know that this is the greatest one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Leaves nothing out. Leaves nothing out. Love God that ferociously. And because you stand saved, redeemed, secure of the faith, having made the good confession, guide your children. Guide your grandchildren. Because if you're not actively involved in doing it, the world will guide them the other way. We've got a society of young people that don't know who they are. Many that don't even know if they're a boy or a girl. We might want to think, that's funny to hear it. No, it's a truth. We've got a society of people that don't know who they are, who they are created in God to be. 
We've got a society that says, pick bathroom that you want to go in. It it just depends on what you're feeling like that day. And grandparents and parents need to teach their kids and grandkids there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. But there is a way that is right, and that way is walking with the Lord in His Word, in His truth, and in faith and salvation. I think probably the thing that we neglect most as grandparents is we just think they're going to pick it up. We we think that, you know, through osmosis, surely, you know, there's a Bible there or I take them to church sometimes. I know I'm getting preachy this morning. I really do. But it's all or nothing. Grandparents can only play the role their children will let them. I get that. But if they let you play a role, you need to make sure that your grandchildren are in church, Sunday school. There's no substitute for getting your children in Sunday school. But you know, sometimes that's sort of hard because... You're not in Sunday school. And it's sort of hard to say Sunday school is important and you're not there. And you're not there because you must not think it's important. I, I joke about what I'm getting ready to tell you and I've told it before, but I'll just, this is the way we think. My sister loves the Lord. And she lives in a community in, you know, southern Illinois. Church of about 300, in the middle of the corn and bean fields. And several years ago, they were going to stop having Wednesday night service. Just attendance was low on Wednesday night. And she was all up in arms. Really, like, that you can't do that. You've got to have it. But I said to her, but you don't go. They got to have it in case someone goes. But you don't go. I'm a preacher. You're the problem, sister. You don't go. You think it's necessary, but you don't go. Do you think you don't need it? Do you think you don't get encouraged by it? Do you think you can't be there to spur someone on and encourage them? It's not about you. We are not a consumer church. We better never become a consumer church. Oh, we got the light right. We got the music right. We got the temperature right. We got the dress code right. If that's what we become, God help us. Grandparents. There is a story in the Bible. It's probably one of, you know, it's hard not, you got all these favorite stories, but it comes out of Luke chapter 10. Verse 38 through 42. It's a story of Mary and Martha, Lazarus the brother. Just a beautiful, small group gathering story. Jesus is coming through Bethany. He's friends evidently with the family. And Martha 
invites Jesus and the disciples to her house for a meal to have him in their home. And as the story develops, we remember that Martha is doing all the preparations and she's at her wits end and she's frustrated and, and there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is uh, sharing the word of God. And Martha is getting more and more frustrated and she intervenes and says, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus says something that's really a little bit unexpected. He talks about Martha's mindset. He says, Martha, you're worried about a great many things. Not just one thing, but you really, your mindset, your lifestyle. Now, she loves the Lord, but she's a doer and a worker and like very controlling. You're worried about many things. But only one thing is necessary here. Only one thing is needed here. And that's what your sister Mary has selected. And it won't be taken away from her. I will not take it away from her because it is the better thing of all the things. And that better thing is that Mary selected was to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning. And we all know how hard it is to set apart Christ in our hearts and to say everything else in life takes a back seat to Jesus Christ. And core value one is in my life because it's biblical. I want to be like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to worship like Jesus. Whether I'm in a solitary place or with a group of friends, I will commit to celebrating who God is on the Sunday morning worship. And I will connect with a small group so that I am being fed. Whatever group that might be, but it will be an intentional group where two or three of us are coming together and we're there in the name of Jesus Christ for that purpose. And we all know how sidetracked we get. Because there's a lot of things in our own lives. You know it's true. And it is going to be probably more true for your grandchildren. You know, if Satan has his way, Grandpa, he'll take your grandson, your granddaughter to hell with him. True? Satan has his way. He may drag them kicking and screaming because they don't know any better. They've not learned that there is a rock that is strong and solid that doesn't collapse during the worst of storms in life. Satan 
will steal your children like the seed that was sown on the hard path. He'll take it from them. That's why this is so very important. One thing is needed. There's one thing that is needed that is talked about in that passage of Scripture, Luke 10, 38-42, and that one thing is that you lead in the example of sitting at the feet of Jesus, whether you're at home in your rocking chair with your Bible open, or you're praying at the dinner table, or you're going to a Sunday school class, or you're going to a regular worship service, whatever that may be, your grandkids and your children need to see it. And again, there's never really a right or good excuse that your children are not in a Sunday school program. There never is. Lord God in heaven, as my witness, how I would have loved to have the children's ministry program we have here when my children were coming up. My children came up with Basically, they were the only one and maybe an additional once in a while visitor in the class by themselves. And whatever curriculum was being taught that day, you were just glad that there was someone that loved the Lord enough that they would teach something about Jesus. And you didn't rely on that because as parents, it's like, you're pouring your life into your kids too. So as I go around this mountain... I hope you've seen the importance of the small group gathering because they are centered in faith if they're the right kind of gathering. And there's basically four things that we want in our lives and we want in our grandchildren's lives. We want them to love God. You need to raise your kids. And this here is the responsibility of the parents. You raise your kids to love God more than they love you. And you've got to help them see the distinction and the difference. Because if they love God more than they love you, that sets a precedent in their life as they grow older, even in relationships where their self-esteem may be low or people might want to take advantage of them. They'll remember, I love God more. He comes first in my life. If, if mom and dad go off the deep end, if grandma and grandpa turn their back on the faith, they will have grown up learning to love God more than anything with all of their might and being. Teach your children to love God more than you. We want our children, our grandchildren to love God most. If I had a video in real time of Kaylee's eyes filling up with tears, the genuine, sincere emotion not staged in any way, I want to be baptized because I love God more than anything. I thought... Oh, Evan and Sarah, how blessed. Oh, some of you probably think, I wish that's where my kids were. You can help get them there.
Teach the children to love God. Take an active role in making that happen. Second, teach them to listen to God. You know, you can listen to God in nature, the wind blowing. Who who made the wind? Who made that bird sing so pretty? You know, let's pray to God and see if God hears our prayer. Last week when we were up doing north of Traverse City, torrential rain. The first couple of days, the wedding was outside. And, and Caleb said, let's, let's, let's just say a prayer and ask God to hold off the rain for a few hours. So he said this cute prayer. And uh, I'm, the fact is, for about two hours, it cleared up. The sun came out. Ashley got all her pictures taken. I got through the wedding ceremony. Off in the distance, it was thundering. But it wasn't hard rain And do you think I didn't go back to Caleb and said, I want you to know, God heard your prayer. Got to follow up. It's got to be important to us or it'll never be important to them. So we teach our children and grandchildren to love God. We teach them to listen because when they listen, third, they learn. When you really listen, you learn. You learn what God wants. You learn what makes God happy. You learn what disappoints God. You you learn what God wants you to stay away from. And that gives you guidance. And it gives you the fourth thing. It, It allows you to live for Him in a way that you can step back and say, Yes, I am doing things that God wants me to do. I'm loving Him. I'm learning from Him. I'm listening to Him. And I'm living for Him. That grandparents movie slideshow, all those cute grandchildren, Jesus Christ died for them. He died for every one of them. He died for you. He shed his blood on the cross. He suffered for you, for them. And Sunday after Sunday, we show the value that we place on his sacrifice by what we do right here. And what we do after we leave this place. May God guide you challenge you, convict you, spur you on to want to have the desire to be a disciple that loves and lives like his son, Jesus Christ. As the worship team comes up and as we prepare for this song, where we're going to invite you if you have prayer needs. We have prayer teams that will be up front, back of the building. And especially today, it's it's open to anyone for any need. But especially today, if you're a grandparent or even a parent, and you want to get refocused on what's important, and you want to pray with somebody that will partner with you, listen, prayer is powerful. And God honors when He sees a humble and contrite heart move in His direction to seek help. Some people I've heard and talked with, 
I've waited too long. I'm too old. My children are too old. It's too late. No, pray for them because there's too many beautiful stories of redemption later on in people's lives. God will take you where you are. All you have to offer to God is yourself. There's nothing good about you naturally. The only thing good about us is that God created us and God loves us. And that's good because there's only one that's good. It's God. We are struggling sinners. And so from the very best of us, it's filthy rags of what we would have to offer to God. But because of His grace and His love, He accepts us the way we are. And as Max Lucado put it so well so long ago, He loves us so much, He accepts us the way we are, but He doesn't leave us there. In church family, it all starts with confessing the name of Jesus Christ. As we repent and turn away from our sins and we rise up to be buried in baptism to receive the Holy Spirit into our hearts as a promise from the Almighty God. Let us stand and let us sing this old hymn of faith that we all love. Let us sing it out with all of our hearts. God bless. Happy Grandparents Day. Go out there and live the faith life for your grandchildren.